Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 262 for August 6th, 2018. Today's guest is author and hilarious person, Eric Lindstrom, and my friend, and I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversation with fellow creators, conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 13 years. Please subscribe using the colorful buttons on the right sidebar or at the bottom base thing, bottom side, bottom bar. Bottom bar? That doesn't... No. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelheron. Leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753. That number, one person has called it. It's been like two years since I've had it. I'm still, I'm not letting it go, y'all. If you want to call that number, please do. Uh, And let me know if it works. Or email mikeypod at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to talk to Eric today. Super excited about a lot of stuff. Yeah, you can tell. I'm a little amped up. Um, um, I have a show coming up in Boston for the Animal Show, which uh, some of you may know. Uh, Well, if you've been listening you know that I do a multimedia performance show called The Animal Show that I wrote in residence at Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary. Stories, videos, string quartet, electronic music, piano, singing, uh, video. I I said that already. And uh, I'm doing it in Boston. It's going to be toward the end of October. And there's some other stuff around that. I just can't say the date yet because it's not official official. But as soon as it is, you'll know. Yes, I'm really excited. It's going to be a really cool weekend that I can't tell you anything else about until later. Sorry, um, it's we- that's a weird. Anyway, so come or if you're not if you're in Boston, come on the surprise weekend. Okay, let's move on to the next topic. I'm going to India, y'all. <laughs> I put up a big video about this on my YouTube channel. Um, it's YouTube.com/slash Michael Heron Music, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for a month and volunteer with this organization called Animal Aid Unlimited. Um, and uh, animalaidunlimited.org is their website, and work with them for a month to rescue street animals and help them with medical care, and they have a huge sanctuary there, and um, there's more about it. Go to my YouTube channel and listen to that, and subscribe there, because I'm going to start rolling out more and more videos. Um, Yeah, gotta, yeah, come on, contenting it up. Uh, So YouTube is going to be L-I-T, lit, and um, I have a book and an album based on the animal show, Get that too. <laughs> Shop.michaelheron.com. This has turned into a big uh, ad for myself. I apologize. Uh, yeah. Uh, last thing. Uh, there's bonus content. Every time I ed- release a podcast, um, there is bonus content. And this, I got to figure this out because I did an extended interview with Eric, uh, today's guest. And it is so good. And this happens every time because I do the... Um, the bonus content after the main interview. So we've already sort of warmed up and I asked sort of slightly more personal questions uh, for the Patreon folks. Um, And it's just really good. It's a really good one. So if you're not already a patron, uh, these go up to, I think to everyone, $5 or more. Uh, If you're a patron at the $5 level or more, you get this bonus content. You also get this podcast early most of the time. And um, it's really great. It's a great way to um, sort of interact directly with a creator and I love Patreon so much. I've been working with the freaking <laughs> the director of marketing for the entire company has been helping me with uh, my Patreon page. And 
Um, we met in person. I got to do a boot camp with her and some of the other staff and some other cool creators in New York City. Uh, Patreon, ugh, I love it. Um, I am a member of a lot of other Patreon uh, creators' communities, uh, and it, it, I, I can't say enough about it. Um, if you would like to become a patron of Michael Heron, that's me, uh, you get early access to podcasts, bonus content, like I mentioned before. Uh, when my book went out uh, and the album went out, you guys, the patrons got early access to the album and videos always go there first. Um, works in progress. It's a really cool, cool thing. Like the my $25 and up people got a copy of the book about a month before it was released. Um, it's really fun. It's It's... It's a really magical thing for me, and it, it gives me hope of actually making a, a business around my work, um, which I didn't really have hope about until now. So it's a cool, it's a cool thing. Anyway, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. So let's get into the interview, why don't we? Eric C. Lindstrom is today's guest. He's the director of marketing for Compassion Over Killing and the author of The Skeptical Vegan and The Smart Parent's Guide to Raising Vegan Kids. He lives in Ithaca, New York, with his vegan wife, two vegan toddlers, and vegan dog, kimchi. Find out more and follow links at theskepticalvegan.com. Before we get to that interview, I do want to play a song for you. This is my friend John's band. You should go to his Pledge Music campaign and get a hold of this album, too. This track is called Direction, and we'll have the interview right after this. Three in the afternoon on a Monday in the bathroom again with a friend and everyone can hear you fix yourself up and make your way back to the table everyone shuts up and pretends nothing happened bartender sends us over a fresh one 15 minutes pass and we're out on the sidewalk and it's midnight we walk in At the station Try calling all your friends But again, nobody answered You roll your window down And exhale Start talking my ear off Just as if nothing happened Never getting any warmer 
treadmill Not going anywhere Nobody saw Nothing happened We walk in the direction of home But we are Eric Lindstrom is joining me now. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you, Michael. How are you? I am doing well, thanks. You doing well? I guess. Yes, excellent. <laughs> I love, let's just let's do small talk today. <laughs> or small cough talk. talk. <laughs> cough talk. We were both just coughing before this, so <laughs> it's like coffee talk but for people who like to cough. <laughs> yeah, for emphysema. People with emphysema oh or tuberculosis. <laughs> that's <laughs> you can that's edit not, these things, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Eric is an author. You've just released your second book. That's right. Uh, Let's talk, I, I'm like torn between, should we talk in the history of how the books were created? Should we go first to last or newest to oldest? Do you have a preference? Yeah, first to last, only because the first one kind of led into the second one. And uh, yeah. I've, got the, I've got the shtick pretty well figured out that I can do it in under a minute. So um, I started a blog when I went vegan. I'm, I'm not sure if you know, but I went vegan, 100% vegan overnight from a 100% omnivore with strong carnivorous leanings to 100% vegan. And at that same time, I started a blog called MeatyVegan.com where I was going to document how difficult it is to go vegan, how challenging it is, how much I was not enjoying it, all of the things that I thought I was going to feel as I was going through it. And so this blog is still up today, MeatyVegan.com, and a publisher was charged with finding the next Thug Kitchen because it was a very popular cookbook. And so she was sat down with, you know, her, her computer and she typed in meaty and vegan because she felt that that was the kind of book that her sales team was looking for was something meaty and vegan. Well, she found my blog. She liked my writing enough to say, hey, have you thought of writing a book? And so that was on a Monday and they go to their sales team every Friday and I submitted a proposal. I just threw something together really quick on Wednesday Two days later, she said, you got a book deal. And so that led to The Skeptical Vegan, uh, which is based on the blog. There's a lot of content that was on the blog that became longer chapters in the book. And again, it's a very sort of self-deprecating, funny look at veganism from a guy who went vegan later in life and then truly appreciated uh, what it meant to his health, but also um, making the connection. And that's you know what led to more uh, career changes for me. And so in The Meaty Vegan, I mention uh, the health benefits, of course, of a plant-based diet, and one of which is um, uh, increased sexual prowess, I guess you would say. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we made a vegan baby. In the book, we talk about making a vegan baby. And so that baby and uh, a little boy that we were adopting at the time, too, became the subject of the second book, The Smart Parent's Guide to Raising Vegan Kids. And so in the first book, I talk about myself, health, environment, 
animal rights, and then having babies. And in the second book, I take all of that and turn that into a guide for parents who themselves want to raise their ch- children vegan. Um, okay, so we have more. Every time I talk to you, I discover we have things in common that I didn't think about. We both, like, I hate saying this because that makes me feel very old, but we both went vegan later in life. Yes, yeah. Um, how old were you when you went vegan? Uh, well, if it's coming up on seven years, I was 42, um, 41 or 42, and no, I guess 43. I'm bad with math. Let me put you that way. Yeah, I'm too. Uh, it was, it was, um, it, it's coming up on seven years. I'm 51, so. Uh, 44. There you go. Martin. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was I was uh, 40, 39, right around 39, 40 yeah. when I went yeah. vegan. Well, you know, so, it's it's a strange time to do it, but it's proof that you can do it whenever. And you can become someone who uh, whose identity, you know, identifies as, in my case, an ethical vegan. You know, to go from one extreme to the other and to truly appreciate the journey later in life, you know, like I, ha- I can yeah. reflect back on so much wrongdoing. I can reflect back on so many things that I did in the first sort of half of my life that I can now feel really great about everything that I'm doing now. Can you talk about your motivation for documenting on the blog, you're going vegan? Well, the, the original reason for going vegan was a challenge set forth by my wife. Uh, it was supposed to be 30 days. Uh, I was using Colleen Patrick Goudreau's book, The 30-Day Vegan Challenge, as sort of a gauge to say, oh, at this point I should expect this, or at this point I can be doing this. <clears throat> uh, and so I survived the 30 days. I mean, I literally uh, made it through. I was the one who was eating beans and rice. I was the one saying, there are no options, and you can't tell me there are options. When you look at a vending machine, there's nothing vegan. And everyone's saying, why are you eating out of a vending machine? And so the book, you know, the, the, the whole journey, the first 30 days was a lot of that kind of struggle. And then because I made it, I decided to turn it into a bet. And seven years later, I still call it the bet I refuse to lose. So ultimately, I thought Jen would go back to eating cheese, which would then allow me to go back to eating meat. And so, as you know, as you go through the journey, as you become more and more aware and as you start to make the connection, there is definitely to me and I hope to others, the point of no return, which is a great point to be where you just can't ever imagine yourself eating meat again. It's impossible, right? There's no cheese. There's no, oh, I'm going to have this cheese because it's the only thing on the buffet. You just don't ever do it. It's just not something that you're ever wired to do. And so during the second half I mean, during the first half of the first year, I started to make that connection. And so ever since, uh, it's just been, you know, a fantastic journey. It really has. I mean, it's led to career changes. It's led to the two books, a a YouTube channel and all these things that I'm working on because I'm vegan, right? I'm so proud of being vegan. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There was a woman that one time told me I was complaining. I think I was pre-vegan. I was in that phase of like, kind of going vegan for a couple of days and like, I'm going to eat cheese pizza today. <clears throat> and I would complain to this woman I used to work with about how there was no, there, I wish there was a vegan fast food place, which yeah. there kind of is now. And, um, <laughs> and she said, there is, it's the produce aisle. Yeah, and it was right. one of those like, Oh, okay. I mean, I still don't want to <laughs> eat an apple right now, but you're right. Yeah. Right. It's fast. <laughs> Grab it and eat it. Yeah. So the new book, um, what it, it just came out. What? A month ago, two months ago, where are we uh, at? Beginning with that? of June, so yeah, it's been about a month. Can you talk about how you decided, or was it a decision you made to start advocating for veganism with your work? I, I mean, I guess we talked about it when you talked about the blog, mm-hmm. but you you did the first book, and something in there must have made you realize that that it was worth 
doing a second book in terms of from an advocacy standpoint. Is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. And a big part of the second book, Michael, are the contributors, are the people who um, added just unbelievable um, volumes of, of knowledge from their own experiences, as well as things like having Dr. Neil Bernard from PCRM and Dr. Tom Campbell, the co-author of the China study, um, contribute from a health perspective, because I wasn't going to be the one. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I wasn't going to be the one to tell parents everywhere, yes, you can raise your kids vegan, they'll be perfectly healthy. Now I have two leading experts who themselves are plant-based doctors saying you can't do it. Um, and then I have a, a bunch of other contributors like uh, Nathan Runkel uh, from Mercy for Animals, Gene Bauer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like trying to toss out names here, but there's over a dozen thought leaders uh, in animal rights, in environment, and in uh, in whole foods, plant-based nutrition that really make the book what it is. Um, I got halfway through writing it. I got halfway through sort of tying together my own personal experiences between these contributions. And I got, I sat down, I took a whole day off of work to really sort of pound out another 20,000 words or something. And I can distinctly remember that was the day I went, I've done it. I've written this book. Like I've written the book that people said, couldn't exist. I mean, the one that lays to rest the myths about raising vegan kids like this. Pediatricians are told to tell parents, put them on whole milk. Like when they're done weaning, you know, start with breastfeeding if you can and then switch them over to whole milk. And there's part there's actually published websites right now by uh, Johnson and Johnson and other pharmacy and, and, you know, larger companies that say, don't worry, your kids will eventually get used to it. Like you may have to spend time getting their bodies used to drinking milk, maybe start with a 2% and then work your way up to whole. And it's it's actually telling you how to make your kid who's, you know, as you know, not lactose intolerant because they're not a baby cow, but uh, how do you make your kid tolerate dairy? And you, they don't stop to think, oh, wait, maybe they shouldn't be drinking it in the first place. Um, and so this book does that. It does a lot of, it, it breaks down a lot of those um, barriers and myths about uh, raising vegan kids, but it goes a couple steps further because it does talk a lot about animal rights. It doesn't just talk about diet. It's not a cookbook. There's a lot of those out there. In fact, Joel Kahn, Dr. Joel Kahn is a, is a contributor and, a, and a, he wrote the blurb, one of the blurbs for the cover. He's written a book about you know raising vegan kids from a nutrition standpoint. And this book does a little bit more than that, I think. Did you have pushback from family and uh, friends about having vegan kids? Yeah, the, the, you know, the usual that you would expect. Um, obviously, the cliche ones, where are they getting their protein kind of things? Are you giving them supplements? Um, you know, again, I consider myself very, very fortunate, very blessed. Our two kids are extremely healthy. I'll say that, you know, Cooper, the, the five-year-old boy, can lift a Volkswagen over his head. He is that strong, right? And he's just – he's fueled by plants. Um, and so they're seeing firsthand uh, our own experience at having two very, very healthy kids. The doctors love their doctor visits. The pediatricians are impressed with with their growth and every – so it's – it's um it's we're proving it, right? And so – Yes, there's there's grandmothers or, you know, at least my mom who's sort of hesitant about it. Uh, there's other, you know, uh, other parents who still believe. I mean, I mean, they're really actually sitting down with their kids and giving them bacon and milk and cheese and all of these things with us, which is fine. It's their choice. Um, but I'm looking at it going, I can't believe you're actually feeding your kid this stuff. And then meanwhile, ours are just, you know, pouring down the fruits and vegetables and all of the good foods. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Um, all right. I want to talk about your YouTube channel, which I am still sort of formulating what's going on there. Can right, right. Yeah, it's a little confusing it? right now. Yeah. It's, uh, we had two seasons of Give Peas a Chance where we were uh, showing more whole foods, plant-based recipes uh, for families. And we had a wonderful uh, chef. Her name was is Claire Lunny, Claire Peters. And uh, so she did in her kitchen these amazing recipes. I mean, there, I think there's some 30 or 40 episodes that will be up by the time my show airs. But my show is going to be completely different, as you could probably tell from the trailer. Uh, so if you go to mindyourpeasandcukes.com, it'll it'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. And if you watch that trailer, it shows you a little bit more about what I'm hoping to do. And what I'm hoping to do, honestly, is to sort of bring to life um, my sense of humor as well as the book to say, here are some DIY recipes. Here's some survival tips. Here's where you can grab something on the go from a fast food perspective and veganize it. Or, uh, you know, some very sort of opinionated, I'm going to do a whole episode on kombucha. I'm not sure if you know about my hate, hate relationship with kombucha, but. Um, I don't, but I'm excited about this. Yeah, right. So there's going to be a lot of sort of opinions, a lot of um, very, very funny uh, risque kind of material. And that launches on August 17th. And so there is a little bit of a transition here between the two styles of the show. But I think in a month or two, people are going to really get used to watching me being absolutely zany. I mean, I, I kind of was, I had the crew, I had the cameras rolling and I was like, all right, this is my chance. I just have to be as insane as possible over the top, right? Because you're going to watch it and it's going to tear it down a little bit. It's going to normalize somewhat. It's going to be a little bit uh, watchable. But if I was just like the guy who was saying, and now you saute this and you chop your onion and it wasn't going to get anyone's attention. This is going to get someone's attention. Yeah. Was it um, challenging for you to get to that zany place or was that pretty natural? It w- well, it was. I'm, I'm a performer per se. Like if you put me in front of a, an audience, I draw my energy off of them and I can really perform. I, I love it. I love getting response. I love getting, you know, laughs appropriately. Um, I'm good at that, but you're only talking to like two camera guys and a camera lens. And so you sort of have to like, there's a certain level of escapism, uh, inhibition that you have to just inherently be able to muster up. So yes, I mean, I'm like a Hava Nikila dance with a ready whip and all this stuff. And I'm going, well, it's we'll see how it comes out, right? Yeah, it's uh, almost like the whole dance, like no one's watching, kind of thing. Yeah, when no one is watching, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost harder though, right? Because you have to like, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah cause the people, because it's not an audience; it's people who are also doing a job there. Yeah, 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 yeah crazy. I am so excited to see how this all comes out. So I'm honestly, so am I. It's uh, the things I have seen. The first episode um, that was cut together is. Um, for lack of a better word, it's brilliant right now. And I don't know, I don't know if that, if I don't know if that's going to carry through to all the episodes, right? I think we yeah. shot like nine or 10 episodes in a, in a half a day and cause they're very short. They're only four or five minutes each, but it's so high energy. It's so hilarious and unexpected that I'm hoping the other cut together episodes have that same, the bar has been set already yeah. high. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I want to release it. I want to like let it out there, sneak it out, but I also want to just sort of, you know, tone it down, just get ready because there's going to be more episodes and people are going right. to love it. We have two more days of shooting. I've got Richard Marks coming on as a guest. And uh, when, you see, when you see how I have him as a guest, you're going to, 
Oh my gosh, you are gonna freak out! It is so, did you already you already filmed the Richard Marx episode? No, no, no. I'm scheduling it now. Okay, it's committed to it. And then with that, I'm also going to uh, interview probably four or five other vegan celebrities. Not anywhere near the Richard Marx level, but the format and way the way in which I'm going to be able to interview these individuals is going to be hilarious. I mean, unlike anything you've ever seen. And I started to say that one of my guests and a good friend of mine is Brian Patton. The sexy vegan and he lives out in la and he's gonna be a guest on this and i told him about my idea and he was like oh man that is way too good and so again i'm sort of like you know humble bragging here but it's gonna be very very funny uh and of i i believe you you're someone that i believe in you tell me that <laughs> <laughs> so we should wrap this up because right. uh well for two things if yeah. you are hearing me say that listener and thinking oh no i want more all you have to do is subscribe on Patreon, and there's going to be a bonus interview with Eric uh, that you can hear there. Um, but uh, so we're going to wrap this one up. And before we do, will you tell us where we can find you on social media and elsewhere on the uh, internets? Yes, please. And thank you. Um, if you go to theskepticalvegan.com, all the links there for all of my socials are there. Um, that's the best place. Please follow me on Facebook. There's also a Skeptical Vegan Facebook page as well as a Mind Your P's and Cukes page, which is where I sort of talk about the new book. Um, yeah, just search Eric C. Lindstrom or Skeptical Vegan. You'll find me and follow me. So Amazing. Thanks for joining me, Eric. Oh, it's been great. I hear hateful monsters firing bullets of ignorant bigotry. Don't cracks from fabricated facts Lies arising, fire on the horizon Trying to curse the hope inside us And divide us And every day the news Wriggles angry and confused I just wanna hear the wind and the trees and the river Wanna be free to be a lover and a giver Wanna taste beauty, just wanna feel Wanna get a grasp on something real Just wanna feel Wanna get a grasp on something real
That's Jordan Siwak, whose name, uh, two things to tell you about that. That's my friend. And the other thing is, I don't know if I know how to pronounce his name. It's one of those uh, internet friends who I've also met in person, but you just, you know, how do you, how do you, you, you see people's names written. I'm already talking about this too much. That song is called Lover and a Giver. It's from Jordan's new album called Sun Inside You. Uh, do check that out. And uh, thanks for listening. This concludes another episode of Mikey Pod. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more from Eric, stop by patreon.com slash Michael Heron. There'll be an extended interview with him there. And also you can download all my music there. Um, lots of free awesomeness and behind the scenes amazingness. Yes. Yes. Oy. Thanks for listening. My, my intro and outro today feel especially m- magical. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed, and uh, I'll see you uh, next time. Bye-bye.